0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. The Belmont Select Board recently signed a letter of support for the Shabbat Center for Jewish Life. The letter states in relevant part that the members of the Belmont Select Board expressed their shock over three recent attacks against the local Jewish community. The select board continued to say that it reaffirms that Belmont is a safe and welcoming community and that its citizens stand in solidarity against injustice and hate. The select board, it said, will always strive to maintain Belmont as a model for tolerance and will do all in its power to defend the community from prejudice, violence, and intimidation. Well, the class of 2019 has been graduated. Here are some highlights of the graduation ceremony that BMC staff person Julie DiStefano has put together for our benefit.
1: On behalf of the administration, the faculty, and the students of Belmont High School, I would like to welcome you to our commencement ceremony for the class of 2019.
0: Your hard work, determination, and sleepless nights have all paid off. Don't let a brief view of something or someone turn you away. There are often many sides to everything, and a first impression never shows you more than one or two.
2: I think it's empowering to remember that we will always have the opportunity to reinvent ourselves. We can always grow into whoever we want to be.
1: They're going to better places. But our friends will be gone all
3: Marissa Rose Cheka.
1: <laughs> Later on in life, when you think back to Belmont High School and all the friends and memories that you created, don't cry because it's over. Smile because you're a
0: part of something
1: special. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the class of 2019.
0: It's groundbreaking time in Belmont. After last week's groundbreaking for Belmont's new school, this week it was DPW's turn and BMC's Jeff Hansel was there.
4: So we're thrilled to be here today. This is a very short-term project. We hope to have this done by late fall. And so we'll be back here again, hopefully before Thanksgiving, to do a ribbon cutting. So mark that on your calendars. And then just a reminder that this is only temporary and that our long-term goal is a whole brand new building within the next 10 years. So keep that in the back of your heads as well. We do have worked with many committees um, and this committee has been um, very careful,
5: thinking through each building, each option, always asking tough questions, making sure we get it right. Um, and um, you know, we've spent a lot of time around the table trying to figure out how to make this building work, how to make the police department work. Um, we finally got there, and I think the the most exciting time for me is now that the dust is going to fly. We're going to get. We're all very
1: excited
4: this happened. we have been great neighbors to DPW and we're all supportive and thank you. So, thank the committee. Thank everybody
0: who has invested time and energy in making this work and a particular shout out to Anne-Marie Mahoney
1: whose leadership <laughs> yes. has actually been critical in getting this yes. project to work. look back three or four years ago, those of us in town meeting, I think we're looking at these projects as this sort of daunting, how are we going to get this done, too many demands on the town's resources and budget. Uh, and I think under Henry Marie Mahon's leadership, as well as the committee and a number of folks throughout the uh, the town, we found a way to do it, in a way that uh, gets it done, meets the needs of the community, and does it very fiscally responsible, in a fisc- fiscally responsible way. So. Thank you very much, and look forward to the ribbon-cutting in, uh, in a couple
0: of months. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, you were at town meeting last night, and town meeting approved next year's budget. That's Can you bring right. us up to date?
3: That's right. The fiscal uh, 20 budget, uh, it was approved. It was $128.32 million. Um, uh, the, uh, what we saw is that we saw a little bit over inflation, double inflation for the town side and almost triple inflation for the school side, 6.4 um, percent for the schools and 4.4 uh, percent increase for the town. Uh, most of that has to do with, um, and then there was a large increase in, in health insurance an 8% increase in, in premiums. Um, and also there was a, a big increase on non-discretionary costs, which was, of course, the uh, debt that's going for the uh, new middle and high school.
0: We just borrowed $100 million, so we have to start making payments.
3: <laughs> that's right, you have to pay Remarkable for how that happens. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Now, there were some people who uh, questioned whether there was uh, adequate uh, analysis presented to town meeting.
3: Yes, um, very politely, there was no shouting. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like that. But uh, a week ago, Sue Bass, uh, during the uh, capital budget uh, um, expenditures, uh, question whether the town needed a new fire truck. And uh, this year, Klaus Becker, again, uh, from, like he asked last year, asked a little bit about, um, asked for more analysis in terms of public safety. Do we need these police officers, especially when we have a, a lower crime rate? Uh, so um, a lot of that has to do with um, just increased analysis. And, 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 and do we really, can you justify uh, uh, these expenditures? And, and that is what uh, what both Klaus and, and, and Bass was saying, is that that's what we expect the Warren Committee to be doing. Uh, w- Lori Slap, last night, um, uh, said that she heard those uh, requests. She's chair of the Warren Committee. She's chair of the Warren Committee. And she said that uh, she heard those requests, and, and they'll be in the uh, analysis next year.
0: And people uh, during the discussions, or during the presentations, Patrice Garvin uh, talked about a possible override next
3: year. I think it's. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, possible. I think there's. It's very likely unless uh, money starts raining down from the sky. Um, uh, a lot of that has to do with um, uh, just that we've we've spent the money from the last override, which was uh, which we spread over five years instead of three years. So that was a great thing. Uh, but uh, there's another financial task force that will be looking at that, and we'll probably have something by the fall. We'll know a number that that the town will be short
0: and she's going to present town meeting with a budget with the override and a budget without the override that's right so it's people it's know
3: exactly exactly where the the pain and suffering will probably be if you don't pass the the override
0: okay let's close the door on the budget uh, and let's talk about the uh, uh, the proposals to put uh, wireless in Belmont Center.
3: <laughs> that's right. Uh, it is 5G, which is now uh, in the United Kingdom. They all have 5G there. So the, the uh, uh, in the United States, we're trying to catch up with that. The but
0: AT&T has uh, backed away.
3: That's right. AT&T had two proposals: one on uh, uh, Belmont Center and one on Channing Ro- on, on Channing Road. Uh, they've now re- requested that those be pulled, uh, which will give the town now the ability to set up a a one-time shopping <laughs> for, uh, where you can talk about these, where uh, the companies will have to talk about aesthetics and ownership and everything else under the sun. So it's going to be a little bit easier process. Except for
0: health impacts. Health impacts have been preempted by federal law.
3: That's right, for the last 20 years. Uh, you basically cannot deny a company to put in those kind of systems because of health concerns.
0: And AT&T will be back?
3: They certainly will.
0: (laughs) That's great. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Welcome to this week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald and for Wicked Local Belmont. Joanna, you've been covering the uh, deliberations of the school committee and the select board regarding a possible new ice rink, and they made an important decision uh, uh, this week.
6: Very important decision from both parties, and that is to move forward with an RFP for a public-private partnership for a new rink in Belmont, most likely a rink and a half. (laughs)
0: And we have talked in Belmont about public-private partnerships, but can you briefly explain or, uh, sure. what that is?
6: Sure. What it means is a private developer would lease the land from the town to build a rink. They would, The private developer would pay for the building of the rink, they would pay for the maintaining of the rink, and they would run the rink. However, this RFP would include conditions, things that the town would get in exchange. They want to make sure they get ice time for their athletes. They want to make sure they get the right amount of parking. They want to make sure they preserve. Traffic would be an issue, I right? think,
0: that would need to be addressed on right. the front end.
6: And they want to preserve the three JV fields. That is really important. And Superintendent John Phelan said, if we don't get these things that are non-negotiable, then we won't enter into the public-private partnership.
0: So what I just heard you say is that simply because the RFP is going to be prepared and released this fall doesn't mean that any response to the RFP needs to be accepted. The town and the school committee could still say no, that there are non-negotiable things that have to have to be there.
6: Yes, but as Superintendent Mm -hmm. Phelan said, it would be a disservice to taxpayers if we don't do this. Well,
0: Roy, Roy Epstein, uh, our new uh, sl- uh, select board member, mm-hmm. asked why we couldn't just go out for a debt exclusion and and have the, uh, the taxpayers decide whether to increase taxes and
6: mm-hmm. avoid
0: the public-private partnership. Was there a response to he, that?
6: He did bring that up as an idea because he said there's been savings on the borrowing for the high school that they didn't anticipate because of lower interest rates. But that is not something they want to consider at this time. They want to they wanna try the public-private pi- partnership first and not put the burden on the taxpayers, pay- especially because there's an override that is most likely inevitable in Belmont's future.
0: And we know that uh, something is going to happen because uh, it was uh, stated the other night that the ice rink is really on its last legs. Uh, yeah, it probably only Garvey. has
6: about two years of life left according right. to. The town administrator.
0: So what happens going forward now? Uh, going
6: forward, over the summer, the town administrator is going to be very busy working on the draft of this RFP. They'll have another public forum for community input. They have to decide where it's going to go as well, Roger. There, there are some, um, the architect for the high school project made some renderings of where it could possibly go, but in the end, the the developer, when they come back with their proposal, will have to say, we propose we'll put it here. And by putting it here, we can preserve the field space. Preserving that field space is key. And the location of the field space matters because of where the sun is as well. Because you don't want sun in players' eyes.
0: So we will uh, see an RFP uh, this fall and uh, presumably receive responses to that. Uh, right. Uh, by mid to late fall.
6: And if there is an RFP that's accepted, a proposal that's accepted, then Special Town Meeting will be voting on it in the fall as well.
0: That's great. Thanks for bringing us up to date.
6: You're welcome.
0: We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, who is the Senior Multimedia Journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald in Wicked Local Belmont. Here is Jane Peters to tell us about all there is to do in Belmont in the coming week. Before we begin, however, let's listen in as Jane interviews Hal Shubin at the grand opening of this year's Belmont farmers market
2: hi everyone and welcome to this week's community calendar before we get into next week's events we are here where the uh, parking lot at Belmont Center is being transformed into the Belmont Farmer's Market for the first time this year. We're here today on Thursday, June 6th. I'm here with Hal Shubin. Hal, how are you doing? I'm well. And uh, tell us how much work has gone in since the last time we might have seen you back in what? Uh,
1: October. October? Yeah. So the market ended at the end of October and we started planning in November, uh, meeting every month, talking to new vendors, trying to round up a great uh, variety of folks to have here us.
2: Great. And we couldn't ask for better weather today, it's a beautiful day.
1: It's not raining. Yeah, it's that's, not raining. We'll
2: take that. That's all I need. <laughs> After this spring. And um, so, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going to be going on today? There's going to be a ribbon cutting, right. and there's lots of stuff going on with the community tent and right. things like that.
1: So, uh, at yeah. uh, two, 2 o'clock, we're going to have um, uh, Roy Epstein, the newest member of the select board, cut the ribbon, and we'll have um, uh, uh, bell ringing to open the season. Mm-hmm. and uh, There'll be a trumpet fanfare, and we've got two different bands performing today, and there'll be community information as well. Uh, We like to think of this as a real community event. Mm -hmm. It's not just food, it's coming down and meeting people, going people you know, and learning about what's going on in town. So that's going to be really good. Awesome! And can you tell us a little bit about some of the
2: vendors that might be a little bit new this year, and some things that you might be doing in the tents that might be new this year? Years.
1: So behind us we have um, When Life Gives You lemons, so that's going to be lemonade here. Um, right here we've got Hutchins Farm, they've been with us for a number of years, uh, great produce. We have uh, Just Hummus, which is a hummus vendor, we have uh, a new honey vendor this year, I've got to look around because there's so much going <laughs> on. We a, up. Yeah, we have a new meat vendor, uh, Lilac Hedge Farm, we've seen them in other markets and really, really like them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You can come down and get a snack and get a whole meal prepared food, meat, dairy, mm-hmm. food.
2: Great. And um, also we want to make sure that we touch on the farmers market matches a lot of benefits yeah. that people can take advantage of. Can you talk a little bit about
1: some of those? Sure, one of the important things for us is to make sure that everybody gets to take advantage of the great food that we have here. Mm-hmm. So the market matches SNAP benefits. SNAP mm-hmm. is what used to be called food stamps. So we'll match up to $20 in SNAP benefits per week. It's also the HIP program that the state runs, which is between forty and eighty dollars worth of free produce to I any mean, SNAP the And then once the summer starts, there are funds for seniors and uh, mothers with small children that we match as well. So um, that's an important part of our mission and the mission of our parent organization, which is to on food program. And here's the ad. We appreciate donations to help support the food assistance program. I have five years. We have, five, we have five sponsors this year, mm-hmm. some of them are new, there, are helping us. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Great, Great. So a lot of the money comes from sponsors and also donations. Yeah. People are donating to the farmers market to, towards programs like that. Yes. Great. So uh, awesome things to keep in mind. You know, there's more than just food here. There's That's lots right. of community events going on. They've got tons of different kinds of food. Things you can take home with you and eat tonight. Things you can take home to make dinner tomorrow. That's right. So uh, we hope that uh, you guys have an awesome season. As a reminder to people, the farmers market opens at 2 o'clock on Thursdays.
1: Right. We're open until 6.30. Uh, We're up until 6.30, until Labor Day, and then after Labor Day, it's 2 until 6 because it just gets cold and dark. Great. And there's no market on the 4th of July. Ah,
2: oh, all right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. So for being uh, We hope for you, that you have an awesome season. Great
1: do some shopping with you.
2: Absolutely. This is your community calendar for next week. Belmont Police Department and Sergeant William Reagan will be hosting a women's self-defense class on Tuesday at 4.30 at the Beach Street Center. The first part of the class will focus on information about safety and situational awareness, while the second will feature more hands-on learning of techniques and strategies to use when attacked. Save your spot by calling the Beach Street Center. Multilingual families can attend a series of classes on helping their child succeed at school on Tuesday and Wednesday in the Wellington Community Room at 6.00. Students in grades three and four are invited to the BHS cafeteria on Wednesday to try out instruments they have the opportunity to play in school next year. In grade four, students have the opportunity to play a string instrument, and in grade five, students can select a string or band instrument. The instrument petting zoo gives students the chance to play the instruments they may be interested in and to meet music teachers. Book lovers can enjoy author talks at Belmont Books on Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. On Wednesday, memoir authors Grace Toulousen and Joanna Rakoff visit to discuss Toulousen's The Body Papers and Rakoff's My Salinger Year. On Thursday, visit with poet Charles Coe as he discusses his third volume, Memento Mori, A Meditation on Morality, Change, and Loss. And on Saturday, Jared Williams, author of Rabbit Ninja, will be visiting. Learn more about the authors and their books at belmontbooks.com. Belmont World Film observes World Refugee Month with a series of films on three successive Mondays, beginning June 10th. The films will be screened at the West Newton Cinema, but you can view a photography exhibit at Studio Cinema during the series. The Bay State, a Multicultural Landscape, Photographs of New Americans, features a selection from photographer Mark Chester's collection of 190 photos of immigrants living in Massachusetts. Learn more at belmontworldfilm.org. The Junior Police Academy gives juniors ages 12 to 16 the chance to learn some of the things officers learn in a real police academy. Topics include defensive tactics, motor vehicle laws and car stops, drug ID and investigation, computer forensics, social media safety, and more. Students can sign up for the academy from July 8th to 19th at Waltham High School. The class runs from 830 to 215. Sign up on Belmont Recreation Department's website. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org.
0: Sustainable Belmont's second Fix-It Clinic was held in late May at the public library. Fix-It coaches were there to help residents bring in lights, lamps, bicycles, and other appliances rather than throwing them away. The Belmont Journal was there.
4: Sustainable Belmont, Sustainable Arlington, and the Belmont Public Library are working together to um, organize this fix-it clinic. So I got this lamp. Okay. It's super cool, um, old, kind of reclaimed place We would go to those fancy flea markets and bring them back. So it's mid-century, modern, kind of, it's old. Um, And when we turn it on, it either kind of crackly flickers and then it turns on, or we turn it and then it doesn't turn on.
0: Okay, you've tried with multiple bulbs.
4: The philosophy of the Fix-It Clinic is that people come in with their items that are broken that would otherwise go to the waste stream, and we've got some volunteer Fix-It coaches who are your neighbors and your friends, and they work with you to figure out what's wrong with the table or what's wrong with the... Um, television and to try to figure out a solution. Um, It's not a place where people will repair something um, for you. Um, You're part of the process. The idea is that we also want people to, especially young kids, to start thinking about items that broken things as repairable instead of disposable, Um, things out of the waste stream that way. and Just change the culture around disposability. We can fix anything here. The coaches do anything from knife sharpening, scissor sharpening, fixing electronics. Uh, We did a, we're working on a turntable in here today. We fixed a vacuum cleaner, we fixed a lamp. We fixed the table. There's clothes mending, jewelry repair, anything can be anything that you can carry and can be looked at and if we can't fix it we can at least have a conversation about what needs to happen in order for it to be fixed sometimes you might bring something to the fix-it clinic and realize that you need a part so you can get the part and then go to the next fix-it clinic with the right equipment
0: I came here today to get help trying to diagnose and fix my 2002 CRT to Sanyo TV Didn't work out so well today, but I am um, not giving up because uh, these be clinics depend on who
2: volunteers, yeah. and sometimes people have different levels of expertise. So I'm going to try Cambridge and JP before I give up.
1: I help to organize uh, fix-it clinics and community repair oh, events throughout the greater Boston area. One of my experiences that is, is this great cross generational thing, you know, because younger people have, are a little bit more handier with the electronics repair and maybe computer repair, but some older folks in the neighborhood bring uh, electrical repair and carpentry and mechanical savvy, and we've been able to learn from one another, and it's really wonderful. And overall, we're building a culture of repair.
0: The Belmont Youth Commission organizes events and fun activities for Belmont's elementary and middle school students. Recently, the commission held a scavenger hunt to test the knowledge that kids have about Belmont and about Belmont's history. Belmont Media Center was there to bring you the story.
1: Okay, Once everybody's got a pen, and make sure that you've all signed up on a sheet. If we don't have your name on the sheet, then we can't work with you, so. This young man will be happy to take your name. And after we give everybody with something to write with, we're gonna say ready, set, go. And you guys are gonna go fill out your sheets any way you can. We're gonna hand out prizes as you come back in.
5: Uh, I'm Sue Morris and I'm a member of the Youth Commission. Okay, can you tell me what the Youth Commission is about? Well, it's about trying to provide activities outside of school, primarily for middle school and elementary school kids who might be looking for things to do, especially on early release day afternoons like today. And we're just started earlier this year, so after a 10-year hiatus, so we're still sort of figuring out what works. So we had uh, a movie day at the Belmont Theater on an early release day. We had uh, Unplugged Week last week, and there was a game night at the library um, scavenger hunt today.
4: So.
5: Well, there are ten different questions, and the kids have to go around basically between Belmont Center and, say, the library area and um, answer the questions, write them down, come back with their answers. First prize wins a pass to the pool and then we have 20 other smaller prizes like gift cards and then pizza at the end. This is the best turnout so far of any of our events so the weather helped because it's not raining for a change. Mostly we're still sort of exploring whether high school kids would even really be interested in whatever we would have to offer so we may try some things but for now we're focused primarily on middle school and some elementary school kids.
0: Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thank you for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton, and I will see you again next time.